Welcome to the Embrace It series, where women with all types of disabilities can be real, resourceful, and stylish. With each episode, you'll walk or roll away with everyday tips, life hacks, and success stories from community leaders and influencers. So take off your leg braces and stay a while with Lainey and Estella. Hi, I'm Lainey, and I have CMT. And I'm Estella, and I also have CMT a neuromuscular disorder affecting approximately 2.6 million people worldwide. That's as many as MS. We believe that disabilities should never get in the way of looking or feeling good. Both of us wear leg braces and have learned through our own personal journeys to embrace it. For more information and exclusive resources, check out our websites at trend-able.com and hnf-cure.org. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button for future episodes and special promos. Hi, everyone. It's Lainey here, along with my good friend, Stella. Hello. Hi, Stella. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. And how was your weekend, by the way? It was it was fun. It was a lot of family time. Um, Some exciting things. My oldest daughter, my oldest child, my daughter uh, started her first job. Actually, Ooh. That wow, was that. put them to work. You are a yeah. good mom. Yes, exactly. do not just hand them money. What is she doing? Uh, she's working at a local bakery with some kids' parties. Um, so yeah, she's excited, and uh, now she can start kind of contributing to her lavish lifestyle and, and teenage purchases. So that's good. <laughs> wait till wait till she see how much she gets when the taxes come out. Then that's oh. a rude awakening, right? <laughs> Well, we're taking 50, 50% off the top for savings. She wants a car. So I told her she's got to start early. <laughs> so basically, uh, she's going to make $10 total for the week. Yeah. <laughs> it's going yeah. to get her in the good habits, hopefully. That's good. So like that, you know, your weekend, talking about your daughter's job, my daughter who um, is in college, I have a freshman in college at U of M. And then a son who just won, if you guys are around and know what DECA is, it's like this marketing thing, national in the U.S. And he won for state, which is so cool. I'm so proud of him. That's amazing. Yeah, he did this like app on teen mental health. And actually his Facebook post was like a social worker's son. (laughs) So I like that he gave me a little credit, which is very cool. It's all him. He's given um, a good nod to his mom. Yes, totally. And, you know, this is our, is this our sixth podcast? It is. Yep. Okay. Number Hopefully six. you guys are, have been with us. And if you're new here, welcome. Um, we are here talking about how to live your best life when you have a disability, uh, whatever that may be. And um, as you heard in the little intro, Estelle and I both have Charcot-Marie Tooth Disorder which uh, for me, um, my disabilities are mostly invisible. I have um, very bad hand problems, like picking up small things and doing buttons and, you know, basic neuropathy issues. And I wear leg braces. And um, Estella, you can. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm right behind you. I I also have CMT and, um, you know, everyday everyday, uh, tasks and activities, you know, pose a little bit of an extra challenge a lot of times. So, um, yeah. And so yeah. like today we were trying, we, you know, we've had a few guests on and the response has been 
very positive when I have just kind of been talking and talking about issues that relate to all of you and that um, hopefully you can get some tips from um, or just come over to our Facebook and Instagram pages and then we can continue the conversation. But today we wanted to talk about parenting when yes. you have a disability and uh, that is like a big subject, um, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, subject. yeah, um, it, it is. And especially, you know, um, I think mothers, especially since that's what we can relate to, but I think, mm -hmm. you know, there's so much pressure that comes along with motherhood as it is. And then when you add disability on top of that, um, it's just it's just an extra challenge. So it's really good to have friends and people in your circle that can relate and that you can talk to um, as always and just to provide that extra sense of support. Yeah, totally. But like, you know, even just deciding to have kids, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who choose not to have children that have a disability and who don't. I have okay. an inherited, um, I have inherited disease and inherited neuro, uh, neuromuscular disorder. And so back when I had my kids, um, my first kid, I was 29 when I had Zoe and now I'm going to be 50. You can kill me now <laughs> in like just a little bit. No. Um, but the alternative, I guess, it's better to be 50 <laughs> than the alternative, right? Exactly. exactly. Um, all right. So thank you. Um, anyways, when I was having, you know, when I was, considering my ex-husband having a child and whatnot. And, you know, really for me, like my Charcot-Marie tooth disorder, um, my mom was pretty severe um, and it never even occurred to me not to have a child. I mean, it just, it never occurred to me because my mom always kind of told me, you know, like we didn't really focus on having disabilities. It's just, it mm -hmm. was what it was. And she always said, you know, you get what you get and you just live your best life with what you get. And um, there was no, um, you know, special, I think now, um, actually my sister had a procedure which allowed her to do in, um, insemination to make sure she didn't have a child that yeah. had Charcot-Marie tooth disorder. Yeah, yep. what do they call that? That's, uh, it's just IVF, you know, they, they um, make sure that the gene is not present in the embryo. And um, yeah, it's pretty incredible because up until a few years ago, that wasn't really available or accessible. And mm -hmm. especially, especially when you're aware of that gene and that family history, you know, it's just, it's, it's a nice option. But of course it's not free, so it's pricey. It can be pricey, but I'm sure, you know, for people like your sister, it's, it's well worth the investment to have that peace of mind and, um, and just hopefully yeah. stop. I mean, yeah, like no judgment. And obviously it's my sister and I love my nephews and I'm glad that they don't have to deal with Charcot-Marie tooth, but mm -hmm. my personal feeling, and maybe I would have felt different if it was available and free, I guess, <laughs> but, um, it wasn't, uh, but my personal feeling is, it's kind of like how I feel about cloning, you know, it's like mm. you kind of, if you try to, you know, make sure you don't have one thing, then, you know, sometimes I feel like people then get worse things, you know? So there's always something, um, and you know, having this disease, which typically is not life threatening, and maybe it's different if you have you know, obviously it would be different if you knew your condition was a yeah, fatal condition. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but I can't even imagine like not having Zoe. As it turned out, of course. my my you know my disease is fifty percent of it's um, dominant. Or, or what is it? I think I failed genetics. I don't even know what that was. It was like <laughs> it's, dom- um, it's, it's a dominant. It's a dominant gene. Dominant autosomal, whatever the hell yeah. that means. But anyways, <laughs> there was a fifty percent chance that my kids, you know, each time would have mm-hmm. CMT and. As it turned out, my daughter did have it, um, and my does have it, and my son Blake does not. Um, right. Yeah, and you have a you have a son and a daughter too, right? Right. Well, yeah, but um, um, mine was mine's recessive, which means that both my parents were carriers. I had no family history whatsoever, um, and then it just kind of spontaneously emerged. Uh, when my parents had my sister and I, so yeah, I mean, we we didn't have they didn't have any warning or any any they didn't know what to expect. So, you know, it, I I think you bring up a good point here because it's really when we're talking about Charcot Marie Tooth or some of the other genetic uh, diseases, it's really important to know your type and get that genetic testing because that will kind of give you that information on whether it is recessive if it kind of popped up out of nowhere in your family it's most likely going to be recessive um or you know like when you have parents or you know other family members obviously then it's going to be um, a dominant version so it's good to know your chances when you're you're planning for a family and um the more information you have the better yeah well for sure yeah i mean yeah especially this day and age right like you can just send Mm -hmm. off a kit too have you done that? That ancestry, or I did. Uh, that, I um, did, yeah. The twenty-three. I think I did the twenty-three. Me. There's ancestry and dot com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys all probably out there know what we're talking about. I mean, there's like commercials every minute, but um, <laughs> mine didn't. I mean, it didn't come back saying you have shark in your tooth. Did yours? Did no. yours? No, it's it's kind of it's more of like a general overview of your genetics. I, I think they have a few panels for you know just to kind of give you an idea of what your general risks are of of you know like things like Parkinson's and uh, I think like uh, celiac disease and some other things. But unfortunately, CMT is not on there. Um, oh but, yeah, but you can learn like other fun facts like. Oh, yeah. can you curl your tongue? Yeah. Um, if you can curl your tongue, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And then right, right. if you're prone to being overweight or underweight, I don't even know how they know that. And yeah. like, there was one that was super funny, actually. It was like, um, what, there was one on there that I was like, really? And then, um, but I don't, I'm not remembering. They even so have weird. like, they even have your, your tastes in food. I think they have, uh, you know, whether oh, yeah. like, you're likely to like cilantro. Oh, right, right, right. That, that's it. Like, which I can't stand cilantro. Exactly. Do you and like I cilantro? love I love it. Really? Like, I even if there's a cilantro. tiny, tiny little bit of cilantro in something, I'm like, I can't eat another bite. I'm so grossed out. So well, there is something science, to that. There's like, signs wow. to back it up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so crazy. And like all these cousins, like, you know, that you don't know start contacting you but who has yeah. time for that <laughs> i barely have time for my own cousins right here i love that but it. anyway uh, so yeah so like the decision obviously to have a child or not is between you and your partner and you as a person and you after talking about genetic testing mm-hmm. but in general as we talk about having children um 
there's a difference, a big difference. Like, um, well, first of all, let's just talk about like the pregnancy part of it. Did you have yeah. any trouble when you were pregnant, Estella? Uh, I, I did not, thankfully. I had, I had two great pregnancies. Um, of course, I was I was on the younger side. I, I was pregnant with my daughter at 25, and then Ooh, my son wow. at 27. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad I did it young. I was, I was, you know, strong, a little bit stronger then. And, um, you know, it, it worked out and thankfully they're, they're healthy. Um, but yeah. I mean, and what about like nursing and stuff? Did you nurse? Your kids? I did. Yes. Yes. And was there any challenges with your hands or doing any of that? Um, of course, absolutely. I mean, there's a, not so much with, you know, nursing, but, um, you know, just the onesies and the diapers and picking them up off the floor when they got to that age and trying to keep up with them. And I think one of the things that gave me the most anxiety personally was, you know, holding their hands when they're really, really tiny. Um, You know, like when you're in a parking lot or crossing a street and, you know, if I knew that if my kid basically yanked their hand away from me, which was not very hard, um, I would be in a very kind of uh, risky situation because I can't run after them. Um, Uh So, you know, that was definitely one of my biggest kind of uh, sources of anxiety in motherhood. But, you know, thankfully, you know, they never, they never really did that. And I tried to kind of. uh, Isn't it interesting? Like, I feel like kids have like, okay, obviously there's people out there that are listening who probably have like, kids who ran off all over the place. Right, but right. I feel like they kind of have, you know, they kind of get where, you know, like Blake, my boy, everyone was saying, you know, before I had him, oh, you watch out, you can't stop a boy. They're into everything. They're running around. They're, mm. And it scared me to death. I'm like, first right? of all, I can't run at all. So mm. what am I going to do? This kid can run and then in two seconds, God forbid, you know, be hit by a car mm. and I'm not going to be able to stop it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Blake was a very active kid, but when I said, do not move, <laughs> like he didn't move. It's a weirdest, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like they know what, you know, it's like, um, you know, when a kid is taunting you or, t- you know, trying to get your buttons, it's like, he almost knew at a very young age, like, nope, mom, this is, this is, this is like a definite, this isn't her playing games. This is like, do not move. Do not cross this boundary. Do not cross the line. Serious. You know, yeah. you see those like parents that have like leashes on their kids. <laughs> you know, everyone is like, yeah. oh, horrified, dog leash. And I never did that. And I'm definitely one of the judgy people who was like, oh, <laughs> look at them with their leash. But I get it. Like, of I kind of get it. Of course. You know? Yeah. Like, you don't have I mean, a Blake who listens to you. What are you going to do? Not take your kid anywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and of course it's, it's always great if you have a supportive partner who, you know, when you, when you are in those situations or on those trips that you need that extra, those extra set of hands that they're there um, mm-hmm. to help you out. So, but yeah, I get it too. It's, it's not easy, but you and I, we, we made it through. My sister's doing it now, right? Um, with her two-year-old and four-year-old and I am over there a lot trying to help her out, but it's not easy, but no, but you know, like I was thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And for people who don't have maybe a supportive spouse or a spouse or a partner, or maybe even family, like they're Mm -hmm. in it and maybe they have a small group of friends, but friends who work. So, you know, there are some, there always where there's 
there's a will, there's a way. So like in my neighborhood, I'm thinking every neighborhood now they have those next door. Do you have next door where you um, live out there? No, what is that? um, Well, I bet you you do. But if next door is an app um, and in different communities around the country, it's an app that kind of is like a community forum almost. So people are like, oh, Last night I saw a person go up to my door and they look suspicious and they have them on their ring camera and they're like, does anybody know who this is? Or someone left dog poop on my lawn <laughs> or, you know, I'm looking for a babysitter and blah, blah, blah. So it's just okay. kind of like a community. And in fact, I mean, I'm in Michigan, but I do know it's, it's everywhere. Um, yeah, I'm checking it out a now. smaller community. But, you know, like, uh, even if you don't have that, there's lots and lots of um, uh, different things in communities that you might not even be aware of, like babysitting mm. co-ops. Are you familiar with what a babysitting co-op is? No, I'm totally out of loop here. <laughs> okay, well, no, no, I mean, these are things that I took advantage of when I, yeah. when my kids were little. And if you don't have this in your community, you know, you could start it. Uh, a yeah. babysitting co-op is for parents who mostly, I would say most of the parents who are participants in it typically are stay at home parents, but definitely there's parents who work as well, who participate and it's like an exchange system. So, you know, let's say Estella, I take care of your kids. I get points for taking care of your kids on right. a day that I've decided, you know, you put it out there, you need, like there's mm-hmm. someone who's coordinating the calendar, obviously. So let's say I take care of your kids. I'm getting, you know, three points for, you know, three hours of time. Then I can trade that in and someone else takes care of my kids for those three hours of time. So it's a oh, wow. babysitting exchange. Um, uh, we call it a babysitting co-op. And it, actually in my wow. neighborhood, there's three different ones. They tend to also be social which is nice. But um, if you don't have one in your community, you know, you can start one. It's a very cool thing. Believe me, there's so many parents who would love to not have to pay for a babysitter. And this yeah, gives them- that's really, really smart. It's really yeah. smart. Yeah. You just take 10 families. Let's say you take 10 families, you know, 10 parents who are at home and imagine mm-hmm. like just taking care of one other kid for whatever. And you can be choosy about the kids you will look like. There are certain kids yeah. like, no way yeah. in hell can I do yeah. that child. Oh my so you get to choose, right? Um, my kids were always super easy. So I was like, I get my pick. <laughs> they, were, they were highly desirable. Um, well, they, you know, they didn't, they, one of them read all the time. And, yeah. You know, um, they weren't, they weren't climbing the walls and hanging from the chandeliers basically. Yeah. And then also like, um, let's say you didn't have a babysitting co-op or didn't want to start one. You know, when I used to go to the pool, um, in my neighborhood, which is not easy in general, um, right. when you don't have a disability, going to a pool with a little kid is not easy Two little kids. But when you have a disability, especially one that, you know, your mobility is impaired in terms of walking <laughs> on without braces at a pool, um, in the water and out, uh, I could, there's no way I could have like taken my kids really, really quick to the bathroom, for example, when they needed to go, you know, I was fine getting in, getting out, you know, all of that, watching them, but let's say they had to go to the bathroom. There was no way I could do that quickly and get myself, you know, get myself to do that. So I always had mother's helpers, um, that work really cheap. A lot of times, even, um, you know, you might even get a volunteer 
mother's helper who just right. wants the experience of babysitting and, you know, and, uh, so there's always some ways of managing in some way, right. you know, getting you don't have help. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, that was a lot of talking on my part. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good information. Cause I feel like I think a lot of us were so kind of like, yeah, I think mother, motherhood could be pretty isolating. And, um, I think it's sometimes we forget that we have these additional resources and um, technology can isolate us or it can actually help us really connect to other people. So mm -hmm. I think it's just a good reminder um, of some, some of those ways to, to do that. It's, it's yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, mom guilt, you know, I mean, let's talk mom guilt. It's a real thing, right? So yeah. if you're not going and taking your kids to a pool, because of your, you know, worries about your yeah, physical anxiety. challenges, yeah. Yeah. you know, you, you, you know, first of all, you're, you know, you miss out on that experience with your children, but also there's a ton of mom guilt, right? Like, right. Um, so, I mean, there are always things that I, you know, that, that are like things that are like off the list. Like I'm not taking my kids skiing. That's a no, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not happening, but right. I don't feel like you have to ski in life. Right. And if they choose to ski, you know, great. Yeah. Um, but that's not something I have to do with them. A pool, you know, going into a pool, you know, is a fun or the thing beach, to do yeah. or the beach or whatever. And there's no way that um, I was going to let or would let my, physical challenges stop me from doing things like that with my kids, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's kind of like a, a catch 22 because, um, you know, we get the anxiety sometimes to go out by ourselves a lot of times with the kids mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the anxiety keeps us from doing those things, but we forget that when we do, have that great day and we go out and, you know, we have a successful day out with the kids and everybody's happy, you know, it really kind of helps give you a sense of confidence and pride to, to do it again and, and go out, you know, I'm, my sister, a lot of times, you know, she'll, she'll call me up. She'll be like, you know, I'm so excited. I got the kids in and out of the car today and we went to Target and we got lunch and, you know, it's just like, you know, you can wow, and for her, that's a tremendous amount of work, right? It is. That's, it really I mean, is. She's probably totally wiped out. Yeah. Um, it's she. Yeah, that is huge. I mean, it's those little little things. You know, maybe even just going to the park. You know, like right. down the street or whatever. Yeah. Um, if you're fortunate to have parks, it's um, a nature walk that's flat, maybe. Right, right. <laughs> or a nature roll if you if you're in a wheelchair, you know. <laughs> There's um like that's that's a thing. That should be a thing. Nature roll. Right? Like, yeah, like they do have slow <laughs> rolls, they have bike, like they're called slow rolls. We should do that with wheelchairs, like slow yeah. roll through the city. Um in any case, uh yeah, like there is always like when you do do when you set, you know, when you make every attempt to make, um, you know, to take your kids somewhere that, you know, even is scary for you and you do it, it is a huge mm -hmm. sense of accomplishment. And yeah. your kids see, like, I learned such a valuable lesson too, right? right? Like, mom, you know, mommy 
they can see that it's a lot of work. They can see that you get tired, but mommy, you know, pushes through mommy keeps, you know, keeps trying mommy, you know, it's a great lesson. And it's real. I mean, I feel like it's really important to kind of be patient and kind to ourselves um, because we're not going to have that level of energy every day. And, you know, there'll be a beautiful day where, we really can't make it out of the house. And that's mm-hmm. okay because, you know, we've, we feel we have these, all these expectations and we're looking at all these other mothers and they're out and about. And, you know, sometimes we really can internalize that. But we have to kind of remember that our kids are happiest when we're happiest. And they really don't care whether they're sitting down on the carpet playing with their mom or they're at the park. What really is most beneficial is that they're having that one-on-one time with you and quality time. And, you know, everybody is, is just enjoying themselves. Um, those, those are the things that our kids remember. They don't remember uh, the extravagant trips that we didn't take them on or the things that we didn't buy them. Um, that's really, you know, that's, that's really where we should try and keep our focus a lot of the so things. I got this note, Estella, you know, my Zoe. So, you know, Zoe yes. is not the most, like I have um, one who's super emotional and sensitive and he sends me, I love you, mommy, even at 16. And then Zoe, she's her own person. She's, you know, very um, cool. She's a guitar player. She's independent sweet. woman. Yes. Yeah. Independent. Like, you know, she was home, I swear. And if she, I, I can't, it was so shocking. She, she goes, mom, we're just driving. We went to Pilates together, which is something that we do together, you know, to help our condition. Mm-hmm. So we were on our way to Pilates and she goes, oh, she goes, I was thinking, she's like, you know, I really like myself. You did a really good job. I, oh, I almost flipped. I go, my goodness. I pulled over. I got a pen out. I go, please oh. write that down and do it. <laughs> which she did. Side here. I was like, I, I can't even tell <sighs> How, that was like the best thing to hear, but yes. I, I did everything opposite, you know, of like, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, I don't, you know, my parents are both deceased, but in general, I'm not a believer in when you're an adult, you know, saying, Oh, like blaming your parenting or how you were raised for all of your problems now, um, be, or using it as an excuse. Cause I think if you're old enough and wise enough to know that that was not the right way to parent or whatever, then you Mm. can change that. Um, but I definitely did things, um, both regarding disability and not that my mom didn't do for me, um, that I really did try to do a study, for example, like, um, body acceptance and Mm. all of that. I mean, I'm crazy. I am crazy. I'm being honest about, you know, staying in shape and I care about being fit and it's totally natural health. It's definitely vanity too. <laughs> but I didn't talk about that with Zoe. You know, I didn't weigh myself and say, oh my mm-hmm. God, I gained five pounds. I would sulk to myself right. or to my husband who I'd drive nuts. <laughs> but I definitely did not. I made a conscious effort never to talk about that in front of her. And I think the same thing is true of having a disability. Like yes. I would never complain. I, 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 complained in a um, productive way. Like, yeah, this is hard, but you know, what are some other ways I could do the same thing? 
I, I tried not to, you know, ever say I can't because mm. I don't like that word saying I can't, I choose not to, <laughs> I choose not to, you know, I tried and not do that, but I was like, so Stella, I mean, to have that moment with your, you know, almost adult daughter, I was like, holy shit. That's I'll buy you a car now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like, amazing. I mean, so but it's really, gratifying. yeah, of course. That's what we all want to hear. And we, you know, it's, it's such, it's a cliche, but we all know it to be true. It's like children don't, you know, they don't, they don't follow what you say. They follow what you do. And every day when they're seeing a strong woman face their challenges, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, take that time for self care and, and just be really graceful about the things that they can do, the things that they can't do and still have a positive outlook on life, still have that gratitude for what they can do and, and just be in a, in a place where they can exude that. Mm-hmm. That's, the health, that's the healthiest type of environment we can give our kids. And um, that's really- And to really talk to with our kids. Yeah. yeah. And to really just talk, you know, that my disability was never talked about. It wasn't, it was just like, deal with it. You know, my mom was a great example. She was very strong and she was awesome in that regard. But it wasn't a place where I, I like never, it wasn't, it was just never talked about ever because mm-hmm. you just had what you had and that was it. I definitely think it's important to be open with your kids and right. to talk, you know, and like, for example, um, recess, you know, as a kid. Still, I'm sure when you're not, um, you know, uh, athletic <laughs> or uncoordinated, yeah. like I was, and yeah, drop foot and had a lot of issues. And back when I did recess, they had presidents. Um, I think they still have those, like the what do they call them? The presidents. I don't know, like competitions. So okay, you know, oh yes, was, yes, yes. The physical. Um, I forgot yeah, what yeah. they're even called, but now you do it. Like, I think they still do it where you're supposed to run, mm-hmm. you know, around the track. Yeah. But you're not supposedly in competition with anyone. But when I was younger, when I was in elementary school, it was a competition. Like, they weighed you. You had to climb up um, ropes. You had to do yeah. the long jumps. jumps. You had to do stuff like that, which I could not do um, and could not do at all. And, um, I talked to my kids about that, you know, when my daughter would cry at recess as a little kid and saying, Oh, you know, they're playing whatever kickball or whatever. And I can't do it. I'd be like, you know what, Zoe, you have a choice. (laughs) You can be the person who just tries and keeps on going. You can avoid it by skipping out. Okay. Like I gave her options and like, these are the choices. But Mm -hmm. then when you make that choice, how will you feel about yourself? Do it. I mean, how do you know what you can and can't do until you try? Right. Yeah. I think, you know, we're, we're, like you said, we're examples of that. And we have to teach our children not to internalize the shame and not to feel shame and Mm -hmm. to advocate for themselves. Right. Because in that situation, they also have a choice to advocate for themselves and um, choose to do a different activity or let, let somebody know that they can't do something to the same level. So it always comes back to, working on ourselves first, you know, and, and, and making sure that we have the tools that we need to improve ourselves daily. And, and that's all we can do really. 
Yeah, well, that's true. And, yeah. you know, I, you know, I was curious, Estella, this might, this is along the topics of children and parenting, but um, I'm veering off for a minute. Um, how do your kids, given that they don't have disabilities, mm. um, how do they respond when they see people looking at you? Or how do you handle that with your kids? Um, there have been a few instances, like my daughter came home crying a few years ago that somebody said something about the way I walked. And um, again, you know, if my reaction first was anger and be like, you know, tell them to, to shut up and, you know, that's not a healthy reaction either. So I think just having those yeah, talks. Yeah, but you were still and, hurt. I'm sure that that's Of course. Hurt. And well, I was You're more hurt for her. I was hurt for her to be hurt. But also... Right. A lot of people would be hurt themselves, right? Like, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, I think I was at the point. I was at the point then where you know their kids are kids and they're gonna say stuff. And um, you know, I think my skin was a little thicker at that point. Whereas when I was really little, I mean, younger, that that wasn't the case. But I think overall, my 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 children are hyper empathetic and sensitive mm -hmm. to kids and people in general um, with differences and disabilities. So in that regard, it's really, it's been a plus um, that they have those lenses to see the world through. And they have, you know, a mom who they can kind of um, share perspective with. And, and they know that never ever to make fun of anybody for obviously having a disability or being different or coming from a different culture. And, you know, I, I just think that's just such a positive that comes out of, of growing up with a parent with a disability. Um, yeah, I mean, you've, yeah. your disability has given them a gift. I mean, yep. their gift of being empathetic beyond, you know, what a kid who's their age would be. Maybe their, mm -hmm. their, um, you know, maybe that'll lead to them in their professions and mm -hmm. certainly it will make a difference in their personal relationships, right? Like, yeah, there's definitely something my, my able non-disability kid who won the DECA thing and chose to do a whole project on teens and mental health and all of that. Definitely, it has something to do with the fact that their mom, his mom, mm -hmm. struggles with some differences. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say struggles with differences, struggles with disabilities and right. is different as a result. Yeah. You know? I mean, it really gives them a sense of, 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 of you know, a sense of obs observation. You know, even my son, by the time he was eight years old, he would wait for me at a curb and he would put his arm out so that he could help me step up onto it. Just like that programming, like always holding the door, um, bringing in like packages from the house. They're just helpful kids now. <laughs> what about um, your daughter? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, her too. I mean, she'll, she'll cook dinner yeah, and she'll true. be like, yeah, she'll cook dinner. She'll, you know, she'll clean up the dishes, um, things along those wow. lines. So. Wow. That's, you know, that's pretty remarkable. Your team, you've taught them out of their wanting to make a life a little bit easier for you. You've given them life skills that, yep. um, a lot of parents, um, probably a lot who are listening, who are still doing their kids laundry at 19 and making, you know, all of that, you know, you want to do all this for your kid, but it helps them for them to do for themselves and to learn how to do for others. Yes. You know, kitchen, you've given them such, such great skills forever.
for, you know, you've never stopped being a parent, <laughs> right? Yeah. When your kids Ever. are older, you still have, and it, you know, there's so many, um, things that, you know, you have to have, I think what you said earlier really is, um, what the big takeaway is, is like, if you deal with your own stuff, like, as you said, you had a thicker skin by then, you really have to like get your own feelings about disability and, mm. you know, feel confident with who you are in order to be the best parent you can be for your kid who has a disability because you're really role modeling everything. They are taking your lead, you know? Absolutely. Um, always. They're always watching those little eyes and ears are always tuned into, um, even when you don't think they are they're they're definitely observing and learning like the little sponges that they are and, or the um, big sponges that they are when they're 19 and exactly. <laughs> 17. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll, another part of this, I'm always a big advocate of um, role models in the community. And I think there's lots and lots of incredible women out there. Um, and around this topic, since we're talking about mothers, I have three in particular that I follow personally on Instagram that I wanted to share um, that are just, you know, they post these videos and how to's like, uh, this woman, um, Brittany Fisher Frank, her name yeah, is. Yeah, what's her what's her Instagram handle? That's that's her Instagram handle. Brittany Fisher F I S H E R Frank. Okay. Uh, all one word, and you know she'll show tutorials on how she goes food shopping in a wheelchair with her baby. She shows how she takes out the garbage, uh, how she goes to the beach. Um, wow. You know, so I see, I think seeing examples of other women navigating so beautifully through motherhood is just really empowering, empowering. Um, another one is Megan DeJarnay. So it's Megan, M-E-G-A-N-D-E-J-A-R-N-E-T-T. -E -E um, and she's another beautiful example. I believe she has two or three sons. Um, she's in a motorized wheelchair. And she just has a beautiful family and a beautiful outlook on life. And then last but not least, um, Laura Miola. So L-A-U-R-A-M-I-O-L-A. -A -A. Uh, I believe she's in Italy. And then she has also some, you know, she's been on some TV shows. And she's just a great spokesmodel and um, example of, of a powerful woman. So we can put these in the show notes, right? Do we have show notes? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. So we'll put them in those show notes. Um, so if you look at the description uh, and click on it, there'll be links that you can check out those Instagram profiles. And certainly it is really great to have mentors and to have people who are inspiring to you to, to ask questions to, to listen to, to be inspired by. And, um, you know, I'm really inspired by all of you because every day when you're talking about the things you've done and what you do with your kids, I'm amazed, you know, so um, not just, I don't mean just you, Estella, I mean all of you who are out there, you know, doing the hard work of being a parent on top of everything else that you struggle with and, you know, charge ahead, you know, because when you're a parent, there is no choice. You just keep on going. Yep, we do it for our kids, and um, they help us become the best versions of ourselves. So it's uh, yes, it's a, we do. 
process for everyone. Yes. Please subscribe, hit the subscribe button, give us a ring, let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see. If you have any suggestions um, for future guests or topics, we would love, love, love to hear from you. And um, Estella, have like the best week ever. I miss you. I hope I get to see you soon. I know. Um, Have a great week, everyone, and we will see you next time.